Western United, can they find something here? Big chance for Russia. He's done it again. And it's a goal. Unbelievable. What about this? Dylan Pereus, his first touch of the game. Sanchez. Western United do claim the three points. And Diamante again. Oh, he's done it twice. He's chipped a keeper. Presented by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR, Football Nation Radio. And we're away. A bit of a late start this week. I think uh, Lockie got into too many of the Christmas chocolates and we had to carry him off in an ambulance. But uh, Josh Parrish and Nick Hughes here. A little bit of a new look for us, but uh, very much looking forward to today's program, Nick. Uh, Who have we got coming up? Uh, it's a big one. We've got uh, the the main man, the form man at the moment for Western United, Connor Payne, straight off the top. Uh, he's you know, banging him in at the at the moment. Mm-hmm. Last two games, two goals, two match winning goals, uh, and then after that, we'll be speaking to Caleb, uh, Western United super fan, uh, who's got some uh, some interesting new ink that I'm sure will uh, will be very interesting to to chat about. Absolutely, we're also going to test his knowledge. So. Mm. He claims to be a big Western United fan. We're going to put that to the test. We've got FNR's champion quizzer <laughs> with us here in the studio. He hasn't seen the questions, so we're going to give Caleb the chance to answer, and then Nick Hughes, the, uh, it's a bit like the chaser. You're, yeah. uh, you're sitting in the booth with a kind of poker face on, hey, trying to chase him down. So looking forward to that. But first, if, as you mentioned, the informed man scored the winner on the weekend against Adelaide United in another 1-0 triumph. Impenetrable defending at the moment and that crucial, crucial goal coming from his left fa- less favoured right boot, Connor Payne. Uh, welcome to the green room, mate. Hey, guys. Pleasure to be here. It's absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, I don't think any of the Adelaide United defenders expected you to cut onto your right foot there, but uh, looks like you've been doing some work on your, uh, your swinger there. Yeah, I was going to say maybe they should because when I was at Mariners, I scored one on their patch with my right foot as well. So I don't know, maybe they were just underestimating me a little bit. But um, yeah, it was it was good good when it went in. So you've been converted to a left wing back and then back to a winger this season. Are you relishing the opportunity to get a bit further forward like the old days? Yeah, it's been an interesting one. Um, obviously, when the boss came in, he sort of let me know that, that was what he sort of saw. And, and I'm sort of happy to play anywhere down that left side in particular. Um, you know, I enjoyed the two years at wingback, but it's been a nice change so far. And you scored an absolute uh, worldie in uh, Geelong against Brisbane Raw the other week. That uh, that volley that you, I think you had to jump to get the, the purchase on it, but that one flew into the top corner. That must have felt pretty good. Yeah, it was good because it was one of those games where the first half I think we could have had three or four and being clear and it was starting to get a bit frustrating and we knew that the chance would come and, and lucky for me, Lockie sort of put in a peach of a ball that you don't get much time to think about and they're sometimes the best ones and they're and, and nicely nestled in the in the corner. So I was pretty pretty pleased. It actually reminded me of a goal Robin Van Persie scored back in the day. I don't know if you remember it. He's, he, loved, <laughs> he loved a jumping volley. Yeah, it's, it's that awkward height where it's sort of knee, thigh height and you have to jump to get a hold of it, but it, it flew in off your foot, mate. Let's not draw too many. Actually, uh, yeah, there we Ooh, go. There we're we go. we're back. back. <laughs> we're back. Uh, we've had what some tech night. issues here at the studio, so <laughs> the problem might be on our end. It's a 
bit of construction going on next door. There's a bit of construction going on uh, down the road as well. Western United making some headway on their new stadium. Uh, Connor, just how excited would you be to, to play in the new venue once it's built? Yeah, you know, it would be great, obviously, to to get that one all, all finished and uh, hopefully I'm still around by the time that, that comes to fruition. So, yeah, everyone's looking forward to that sort of thing. Is it something that, I guess, the the group sort of thinks about, um, talk about being a young club, being uh, very ambitious? You know, everyone that we've had on this show uh, in, in the past few weeks have said, it, particularly the, the new guys that have come in have said that one of the key uh, points uh, or the key reasons why they wanted to come here was because of the ambition shown in the conversations that they had. Is that something that the, the group sort of thinks about taking those steps and then with that goal to, to reach that stadium and, and I guess make that a fortress out in the West? Yeah, obviously, because I've been here a couple of years now. So it was sort of definitely in my thinking when I uh, was joining the club and I've seen no reason for that to change. So, you know, the people they're bringing in and the, the ambition that everyone in the dressing room has, um, you know, hopefully to, to manage to win something before the stadium is built. But um, if not, you know, just to, to, for that to come to fruition all around the same time would be great. So, you know, we've got a lot of good people at the club and a lot of people with a lot of high ambition. You've been a, a day one Western United player, round one, got that assist for Bessar Barisha in the first game. Just how have you seen the, the progress that the club has made over the time that you've been there? Yeah, it's been great. Obviously, any club that's new has their teething problems and, and we were no different. Um, but obviously, it was great to get that round one flying uh, with a win away at Wellington, which doesn't happen too often. Um, yeah, but it's just been sort of growing from strength to strength and, and getting the right people in the club and all that is a process. Um, but I think we're really happy with where we're at and where we're going. Obviously, you I guess made your name in the A-League and, and broke through with Melbourne Victory, arguably the the biggest club in the A-League and certainly a, a huge face in Melbourne. Then making that jump to the new club, the the one the, that's expanding through Melbourne and through Victoria now, what were some of the some of the differences, some of the challenges um, joining that new club compared to some of the things that you'd been used to? Yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those things where you came in and everything we needed was pretty much there already. So it was a different experience, not necessarily what I expected. You know, with an expansion team and and things that have to a lot of moving parts, get everything going in the right direction, but. You know, we had a great little training ground there at Caroline Springs and, um, you know, we walked through the door the first day and the professionalism was already there to be seen. So, to be honest, there was absolutely nothing to complain about. And you mentioned victory there, of course, uh, this week's opponents, uh, a former club of yours, Connor. Uh, it must mean a lot when you, you come up against the victory. I don't think anything of it personally, to be honest. Um, obviously, it was great had a great time there and enjoyed playing there and um but you know that's a fair few years ago now i just think i just think with all the fans and stuff at the back and you saw in the derby last weekend um how how loud they were and stuff i think that sort of you know sets the tone for a big game on the pitch so i think that's generally what everyone's really looking forward to i don't think anything personally of it you you don't uh have that little burning desire inside you to to prove them wrong for letting you go don't get the big graham arnold you didn't want him uh, not really, no. I sort of that ran through my mind when I was on the coast a little bit, um, but I think too much time has passed to really be thinking about that now. Yeah, right. So, what what motivates you as a footballer? What what kind of uh, player are you mentally? Because some players, you know, they've got that 
um, you know, me versus the world mentality. Some of them are more intrinsically motivated. What what gets you getting up in the morning and training hard? Yeah, look, I, I, I don't really know. I'm sort of a pretty chilled out guy. And I think you've had a fair few of the boys on here that are that sort of type of person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I obviously like to just show up and, and just leave everything out there and take things day by day. I don't, I don't really see the whole world against me card as, as a thing. Uh, that's probably just my mentality. I just try and enjoy every day as much as possible, really. Talk about leaving everything out there. We've had, uh, who have we had from the, the attacking contingent? Lockie Wales, yep. Dylan Wenzel-Halls, uh, Alexander Prijevic as well. And we've asked each of them, or Josh and Lockie more accurately, have asked each of them uh, about the, the competition for places uh, up front now obviously you've transitioned uh, to play more frequently now on, on that left wing so what's your view on that competition for firstly competition for places and is there any um, you know friendly uh, bets or anything behind the scenes for who can score the most goals or get the most assists or anything like that um, yeah obviously the competition is really healthy we've got a good mix of um, experienced boys as well as some really good uh, kids that are up and coming as well so you know, if you're not switched on every day, it's, you know, there might be someone sort of down here trying to get your spots. So that part of it's really great. I think that's the key to having a winning team is that healthy competition where, you know, your spot's not guaranteed. Um, and in terms of the bet, um, I don't know if you've heard, but Dylan Wenzel Halls and Diamante normally have a bit of a bet going on um, in training, which is that it's that smaller thing. Like it's not about, you know, who's going to get the most goals for the year or anything like that, but, it's literally like him versus him. Whoever gets the most, whoever scores the most goals in that session at the end of training wins. And I don't know what sort of prizes they're giving out to each other, but I, I think if I'm not wrong, I think Deer has the edge on him at the moment. <laughs> but that's ongoing. That's every week. So wow. So you don't know what the stakes are because we had a, an MPL club on here telling us that two players had a bet going for goals during the season, and the loser had to dye their hair blonde. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's as extreme as that. I think it might <laughs> be more of a financial thing. Like, but I'm not too sure. <laughs> you, you I say clear of that. I yeah. say clear of that. Ah, uh, that that uh, beats my my question. I was going to say, you ever get involved in that? Um, obviously, you you haven't necessarily been a, a huge goal scorer throughout your career, but a, a brilliant start to this campaign with with two goals in five games. You're not, um, you know, reminding Lockie Wales that he's yet to get off the mark. No, nah, because I I really like for him to get off the mark as well, and and for us to cheat, just keep scoring goals in general. What are the I goals figure. for you this season, and the goals for the group more generally? Um, yeah, it's, it's again, it's sort of like going back to the whole um, not setting too many goals. Um, just hang on, I'm just messing around with this thing. Um, there we go. All right. Yeah, sort of like for me personally, it's just about taking every day, like I said, as it comes. And, and, and for us, I think it's not about putting a definite target on, on where we want to finish. It's just about trying to get used to the way we want to play. And we've still got a lot of improving to do in that regard. Um, and then just trying to accumulate as much points and, and as possible and just see where it takes us really. So it's a fairly broad aim. It's not like we're going to say we want to win the league or do this or that. We just want to play some really good stuff and then, if you do, if you know that if you do that right and you do it well, then you'll climb that table. And does that come from John Aloisi? Have you connected with his kind of view on football and his outlook? Because from the players we've talked to so far and the people at the club, it seems like uh, John's personality has really resonated and, and created a really harmonious and, and uh, collaborative atmosphere. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, he's, his personality is very infectious. He knows what he wants, but um, he's also happy to, you know, smile and have a bit of fun along the way. So he knows his vision is really clear and we know what's expected of us. And I think that's the best way that you can sort of run a football club. So that's definitely come from him. And also uh, he's brought Hayden Fox in as well. That's sort of um, definitely onto the boys about little habits as well. So, you know, it's all, it's all coming together nicely so far. Yeah, a lot of the guys have been shouting out uh, Hayden Fox in in the last few weeks since the season started, and particularly on the defensive end, there's there's obviously been a lot of talk about um, the the back line at the moment not yet to not yet conceded from open play. You know, Leo Lacroix come in and and looked fantastic, but in multiple post match press conferences, we've heard uh, John Aloisi stress that it's not just the back four and the goalkeeper, or it's not just you know Neil Kilkenny or whoever's playing that holding midfield role, but the defensive effort really comes from all 11 players on the pitch. So as an attacker yourself and as someone who has previously played in, I guess, a more defensive-minded position, how um, how much importance do you take personally to your own defensive responsibilities? Yeah, I think that's one of the good things about having played back there. You can appreciate the work that uh, these fullbacks have to do. Um, you know, and I think it's true with what he says. It's sort of the defense, you defend from the front as well. So, you know, you, you got to, he's sort of whipped us into to realize that you got to get back into shape and help out at the back as well. Um, well, you know, at the front of the back. But yeah, so putting pressure on the ball, cutting passing lanes, this sort of thing. So it's definitely an element of the game that's fairly new to me um, in terms of how how structured we need to be up there. So, um, I think it is a collective effort, but you, like you said, you can't really go past what the boys at the back have been doing there. They've been been unbelievable. So they've been the reason why we can push on and win games when we've not really scored any more than one in any particular game. So, you know, I think credit has to go to those guys as well. What's playing with Diamante like? Is he uh, kind of general on the field? Does he order you around or does he just lead by example? Because I see a lot of hand gestures, but that might be just him talking to the ref. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of both. I think he he knows what he wants um, as well, so that we can get the best out of him. And he, he obviously asks things of you, so that we can get the best out of ourselves. So it's a little bit of both. Um, obviously, I know him quite well now, so I think we have a fairly good relationship with all that sort of stuff. So, but it's um, it's good it's good to have him out there, and also you got uh, Neil Kilkenny behind him as well, who who's been a really 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 important part of helping me improve as well in that defensive shape too because he sort of helps me you know almost like another coach on the field and I think he's uh, been really really good for me personally and for the team collectively I mean you can see it with with Killer out there the the communication and the experience that he has I mean th- th- that's bags of experience over in England playing in high stakes games for, for Leeds United and so forth so th- there's quite a lot of uh impressive entries on the CVs of, of your teammates this season. You look at the foreign players that have been brought in, your Priovic's, Leo Lacroix looking like a bit of a Rolls Royce of a central defender. Who's the toughest opponent that you have to come up against as, as a direct opponent in training? In training? Uh, it, it's going to have to be probably Leo, just because how big he is. Like, <laughs> so well, but like you, you could outdo him and then he's like, just a leg comes out of nowhere and you're like, hey, where'd that come from kind of thing. So um, Leo or just, uh, again, killer because he's just everywhere as well. So one of those players you think you're clear of and he sort of just comes back for more. And, and also you've got to say Josh Risden too. He's an absolute animal. So and I think we've 
starting to see the absolute best of him at Western as well. Um, Touchwood with all the injuries and stuff. So he's absolutely flying at the moment too. So he's, he's definitely a tough one to get past. I was going to touch on Rizzo. I mean, that was such an awful injury that he suffered. That freak kind of bone infection, was it? I don't know. I don't want to get into yeah. the gross <laughs> details of yeah. it, but it must have been tough for, for him watching on from the sidelines. And, and you guys as well, knowing you had a Socceroos caliber player just with this, this run of bad luck. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's obviously you guys would have met him. He's one of the best guys you'll meet as well. So, losing that on the pitch as well, and in, in that regard, is also is it's a tough ask. But you know, I think it's just testament to him the way he's come back because he you know he never really had a time frame on these things because it was so obscure and weird a type of injury that it was sort of just see how you go. And you know, I just think it's it's great to have him back and then playing so well. And not only has he come back and and been playing well, as you mentioned, but he's also come uh, in that leadership role as the the vice captain. What's um, I guess what's the has there been any sort of change to the relationship with um, with him as as vice captain? You know, with him taking on that leadership role. Well, he definitely helps out with the fines and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> He's surprised me, Riz. He's, he's turned into a guy that can get things done if he needs to in that sort of that sort of sense. He's such a laid-back guy, but if someone is, you know, late or if they don't pay their fines on time, you have him to deal with as long as, uh, as well as Ryan Scott. So I wouldn't want to be paying late or, or any of that stuff around those two. It seems like Ryan Scott keeps everybody honest, whether it's fines or uh, a bit of banter on the training ground if you miss a sitter, I imagine. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> So uh, what does the next few weeks look like for you guys? Playing on Boxing Day, so when when's your Christmas? Yeah, I've been asking the club the same question, to be honest. <laughs> I've been asking that same question to the league for, I don't know, 10 years. So <laughs> I feel like it might just be a quick drive down to um, my parents' place after training and just have a nice lunch and, mm. and that's it, get home to bed. So, um, you know. It, it's it's one of the sacrifices. Like for me, it's not a it's not a massive deal to miss out on Christmas to be able to play in a in a big game on Boxing Day. But I can imagine for some people it would be. <laughs> and what about managing the current situation with with COVID and everything? Everyone's a bit nervous. There's been games getting cancelled and postponed. We've seen some cup games that were going to go ahead. I mean, about now that aren't happening tonight. Yeah. Uh, what? How are the playing group feeling? And and what kind of measures do you guys have to take to to live with that situation at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I guess we're no different in the sense that everyone's a little bit concerned, I would say. Um, mm. uh, it's obviously just not great to hear any news about this sort of stuff. Um, we, when we thought we were sort of clear of it all. But, yeah, in terms of what we're doing, we've done a lot of uh, – we do those tests every morning, the um, instant tests, and then we've had a fair few PCRs as well in the last couple of weeks as well. So, you know, we're just doing everything we can in the testing sense as well as just trying to be sensible as possible off it, off the pitch just to try and keep these games going because it's, all, it's what we all want to do. Yeah, and it, it seems as if Western United during that bubble season managed the that's, that uh, experience in the bubble a little bit better than some of the other teams just based on the football you guys were playing and the results you were getting on the field. Yeah, I think part of that might obviously be because we were in Coogee. That was nice. Uh, that always helps. Um, but, yeah, that, that year was great because we sort of all just got together and, you know, we had a lot of – it's not dissimilar to what we have this year with all the boys getting around each other and the coaching staff as well and, and sort of that spirit that we sort of managed to find somewhere. Cause I remember we were right on the precipice of making finals or not and I think we won 
seven in eight or something, something pretty crazy like that. Mm-hmm. So we went on a really good run. And I think that just comes down to how close we were as a group, mainly. Yeah, a, a key part of that, the close to season one was, uh, I, th- I think it was, yeah, six, six in seven, two, three match winning streaks, uh, split, yeah. split in the middle with a defeat. Obviously, we've gone one better now with four wins in a row. Um, how how much confidence is the group taking now that, um, you know, I guess we've we've made a bit of history for the club with the, the first ever four-match winning streak? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's great. Um, obviously, we've still got a lot to improve on. We know that we haven't been great in all of those games. And the irony is we probably played our best stuff when we actually lost, which is the first game of the season. So... You know, I think it takes we take a lot of confidence out of confidence out of our resilience and things like that. But we know as a team we have to get um, better, and, and we will. Um, so it's not a bad place to be, considering you, we haven't seen our best yet. Absolutely, and I mean this run of clean sheets is unbelievable. Are you guys ever going to concede another goal? Uh, the defense seems invincible out there at the moment. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it. But yeah, knocking doing... all the wooden surfaces <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just phenomenal the the run that you're on. But John Aloisi's been saying that oh, the attack's going to improve. The attack's going to improve. We we want to play attacking football. We're not a defensive minded side. Uh, but you still must take a lot of confidence out of the fact that you know if you score a goal, you're probably going to win the game. Yeah, that's right. Obviously, that's that's massive. And I think it goes back to the sort of the eight old, age old adage sort of thing that um, defense wins your championships. So. You know, I think that's really, really important in this day and age, especially just in the A-League and in, in, in football in general. So it definitely makes it a lot easier knowing and it probably almost relaxes the, the guys up front a little bit more knowing that, you know, there's just not too much pressure on getting too many goals, you know what I mean? So it sort of becomes more fluid and I think that's when the goals will start coming. You talk about winning championships and clean sheets and goals coming. We've got a, a question on the... Uh, the Facebook live stream from Joey Lynch, good friend of uh, of FNR. Uh, ask your thoughts on uh, the club adding a, an A-League women's team in the future. I'm not sure uh, how much or, or if any at all of the uh, Nike FC Cup final that you caught on uh, Sunday. Obviously a, a great partnership that the club has with Calder United, a, a 3-0 win uh, against South Melbourne, winning the fourth straight um a-League, uh, not sorry, A-League Women's, the fourth straight Nike FC Cup. So, yeah, what what are your thoughts on, I guess, the uh, adding an A-League Women's team and also um, the, the academy continuing to grow as well? Yeah, I think it's really, really important, obviously, to get the women's side of the game um, at our club up and running. And I'm, I'm fairly confident. In fact, I'm sure that that's definitely in the process and they're trying their best to get the team in as soon as possible. Um and obviously the academy system as well, it's it's great. Like every club is going towards more of that European model where people have a, a definitive pathway, um, somewhere where you can go as a kid and, and learn and learn the way of a club, the culture and everything all the way up through to the first team. And it's something that I think uh, we could have done well, uh, with when we were sort of coming through. Um, it's a bit different when we were, when I was sort of growing up with jumping around sort of clubs in in, in the MPL system before, even before the MPL system, the super leagues and things like that. So I think it would definitely help a lot to sort of streamline that process. I mean, you played in the national youth league quite a bit, didn't you for, for victory back in the day? 
Is that correct? Yeah, I played a fair bit at the start and uh, I was sort of only one one season because I was a bit older when I sort of, mm. well, not older, I was 19 when I ended up making my debut, but there were some kids in there in that youth team from 16 and 17. So I think I played three quarters of that youth league season before making my debut and then signing professional after that. Because it, it seemed to me that for the league as a whole and, you know, FFA were running it beforehand and now it's it's transitioned to the APL and we haven't seen what new form that league is going to take. It's always seemed to me like a little bit of an afterthought, like there could be more done with that co- competition to give more opportunities for the for the young players to play against the best. Yeah, I mean, I think I was lucky because when I was in there, it, was, it seemed to be important and I'm not sure where where it sits on the agenda of things and stuff. I'm not really into all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but we were flying around the country and playing against the other youth leagues, uh, youth, league, youth league sides, and uh, that was an amazing experience for me coming from never being exposed to the system, I suppose, and it was never in state teams or the NTCs of Victoria or anything like that. So for me to get that exposure personally was great, and I can only speak from my experiences, but... Um, if we could get back to something, anything resembling that, I think it would be great for, for the young guys coming up. Because we spoke to Anthony Frost the other week and uh, he's the new academy director coming in for, for next year, adding more teams uh, to the club's youth ranks. And this sort of thrown together MPL3 side that you guys had last season that did really well given the short yeah. turnaround time from uh, you know inception to the first game. Uh, you know, in line for for promotion or competing for that uh, at the up at the end of the season and and above victory and city in the in the table, and you're now seeing some of those young guys break into the first team picture. I mean, imagine what can be done with a little bit more time and investment in that program. T- tell us about some of the the young guys that are coming through the academy that have impressed you. Yeah, there's been a fair few now. Obviously, we they just from personal experience, I think these kids sort of do really well with playing in a men's competition, you know, where yeah. there's, there's teams with the men's kind of tactics and um, yeah, they play that sort of way. And I, I was exposed to that at 16, which was at Melbourne City Football Club, which was great for me. Um, so the kids coming up, they're, they're almost, you know, obviously they're, they're still learning and stuff, but they're sort of bodies ready and they're, and they're ready to jump straight into first team training. Um, so one in particular is definitely Ben Collins. He's done really, really well. And he, when he came, first came to the club, I remember uh, where he was at and things like that. And he's improved out of sight. And I, I don't know, don't know how. Honestly, I don't know how he's done such a good job so quickly. And can't speak more highly of him as a person and as a bloke as well. You know, we've obviously got a disu in there that's really, really technical and can take on players and things like that. And and uh, and Reese Bozanowski as well. I think he. I'm not sure how much of the MPL he played. I think he's sort of come across from another um, mm. another club in the same competition, but he's been a really, really good acquisition as well. I mean, that's uh, phenomenal, the improvement that we've seen out of Ben. We interviewed him the other week, and he's he's very grown up for his age. He seems a little bit older than, what is he, 19, 20? I, I think he's my age, 21. 21, okay. Yeah. But he, he, seems, <laughs> he seems like a seasoned pro. He's got that kind of future captain energy about him, doesn't he? He does, doesn't he? He sits, he sits really close to me in the dressing room, so we have a good chat um, a fair few times uh, just about everything, and he's, he's definitely got a good head on those shoulders. So, Is is that something um, that you, I guess, are, are taking on now as you get further into your career, um, trying to have a little bit more influence with some of the younger guys? Yeah, to an extent. Um, it was probably, yeah, like sort of when we were growing up, I remember it was kind of pretty hard. Like it was kind of the probably end of the old generation where it was pretty tough to come into a dressing room and 
and earn your place. But I think now that us boys are kind of a bit older, sort of trying to make them feel as comfortable as possible just to be be themselves and express themselves. Um, so that's sort of the way I've been trying to look at it. But, yeah, I just treat them all as my mates really and just try and help where I can. Well, uh, you're certainly expressing yourself on the pitch at the moment, mate. Two two winners in a row. Uh, are you going to make it three on the weekend against your former club? I mean, hopefully. Obviously, it would be nice. Um, you know, it's sort of just sort of two really good opportunities that I managed to take in the last couple of weeks and I'll just be getting in the right areas and if it happens, it happens and if it doesn't, it doesn't. Like I said before, hopefully I'll set up um, old mate Walesy as well. So that's sort of the goal too because um, he rats around like no tomorrow. So he deserves to go off the mark and um, yeah, but I, you know, I don't have to score as long as we get the points. That's all that really matters. Well, Connor, best of luck over the weekend. Uh, have a great Christmas as well, however uh, modest the celebrations are as a professional athlete, and stay safe, and uh, we'll check in with you later on in the season. Will do. No worries, guys. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas Merry to Christmas, Connor Payne, Connor. and Merry Christmas to all the Western United fans tuning in. Uh, we're going to take a short break and speak to one of those fans, Nick, uh, Caleb Trimble, who has a very special tattoo going to join us for a Western United Super Quiz. So stay with us here on The Green Room, presented by Simmons. Western United, can they find something here? Big chance, Barisha! He's done it again! And it's a goal! Unbelievable! What about this? Dylan Barrios, his first touch of the game! Sanchez! Western United do claim the three points! And Diamante again! Presented by Simmons, it's the Green Room on FNR. 